Oh, yes. And here we are, Rick Dollar. And we're here with some man from God only knows where. This is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> episode, <laughs> episode number one of uh, Roadshow Podcast with Rick Dollar. And we're going to have so much fun. Uh, that Darren, that's why I called you, man. Our first guest is Darren Nicholson from Balsam Range. How's it going, brother? Hey, Rick. I'm doing great. Hope you are. Oh man, you know it. You know it. I, I, I just even if it's bad, it's good for me. You know. <laughs> Thanks for the countdown. Uh, I, I do, I do struggle counting down from five to one. <laughs> well, I'm, so, I'm glad that popped up on the screen here. That's what yeah, Digger said out. too, man. He was talking all kinds <laughs> of crap about you. That's a, that's another whole thing, you know. That's hey. the only thing I can't talk about is the cleverlies. <laughs> like, that's uh, who. <laughs> Yeah, I can't really talk about it. You know how uh, Courtney Love won't talk about Kurt Cobain? I, I can't talk <laughs> about the celebrities. Dude, I think you're giving yourself <laughs> a little bit too much credit there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. What a way to spend a um, Saturday night is with Darren Nicholson. So. Yeah, apparently you, ha- you, you don't have anything to do. <laughs> oh my god well what's going on with balsam range hey dude you are the man i I wanted to uh you were one of my first guests that i wanted to have on the podcast just simple fact that you know i know it's not going to be a dull dull moment here yeah set the bar low it's you can only (laughs) go up from there (laughs) yeah it's a good idea uh balsam range we we well uh things have been great we took about a year off (laughs) (laughs) that's scary yeah yeah we don't have any shows we're not playing music it's good (laughs) it's kind of quiet isn't it you know these things it has been a crazy year man it's been it's been crazy you know it's um uh obviously we're you know still in the quarantine uh people Mm -hmm. we know are affected by covid and uh so for all of you out there who are afraid of a little COVID, scared of a little death, are you? Get out and see some blue. And no, I'm just kidding. Uh, everybody's everybody's staying in, like as they should, you know. So we only did about three or four road dates last year, uh, but we have got to do a bunch of recording, and uh, we're releasing new music. We released a couple of big singles for us last year: "Richest Man in the Graveyard" and. Uh, uh, grit and grace, which were good songs for us. And we're about to start some more recording in the next couple of weeks. So that's, well, I mean, I got your new, uh, got your new song that, uh, we're going to be playing on uh, net radio dogs road show this week. So, Oh yeah. Which one's that? The new um, rivers and rains. That's it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Mylon Miller tune. We love his song. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man, I was really surprised and, and, pleasantly surprised with a lot of uh, the good songs that I've heard this year during quarantine. I mean, there, you know, yeah. when you're, when you're stuck in the house and um, you got nothing else to do, but write songs. I mean, that's been, a, it's pretty much it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But you guys have taken it, definitely taken advantage of this and um, you know, more power to you because you're, you're pulling some good stuff. I mean, no well, doubt about it. You know, you do what you got to do. When life gives you lemons, Rick, you make lemonade. And so we've been stuck in the house. So uh, we just thought we would write some hit songs. No, I'm just kidding. Why not? Uh, Yeah, like uh, they're a dime a dozen or something. (laughs) Well, I have been doing a lot of songwriting, but, you know, uh, 
when we were putting songs together for this new Balsam Range recording, of course, Mylon Miller, he's kind of like a our sixth guy. You know, he's mm-hmm. the guy. Uh, he's for, also from Haywood County, lives in Nashville now, but a lot of our songs that we've recorded down through the years have been penned by him. So he's kind of, he was our secret weapon for a long time, and then other people figured him out and started recording his songs. Exactly. And so we have to share him with other bands now. But he won Songwriter of the Year last year. And... Um, and so this was one of his tunes that Buddy had been hanging on to for a while. And I, we're excited to have some new music on the radio. And, and Caleb sang it. He sang the lead on it. And, and so it's nice to, um, you know, that's cool. My favorite thing about, one of my favorite things about Balsam Range is, you know, there's four singers. And so, you know, for the listener, you don't get tired of one voice. You know, you kind of change it up a little bit and get a little variety. So, Well, I'll tell you what, no. As the average radio listener goes, um, you know, a lot of people listen for something totally different than what they heard from you the last time. Okay. Yeah. That, that's what I keep hearing. Uh, you guys have a distinct sound, but when you, like you're saying, you have this ability, you have four singers there at your yeah. disposal. So you can do, there's a, a million different things you can come up with. Well, that's what makes it fun. You know, we've recorded, you know, w- we love singing harmonies, but you know, some songs are just cool as a solo. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like w- w- you, the old guard of bluegrass, the the foundation, you know, Bill Monroe, Flatt and Scruggs, Jimmy Martin, the Osborne brothers, Stanley brothers, you know, they incorporated all these different sounds that, you know, you would have a, a instrumental tune and then you would have a quartet number. Then you'd have a duet and a solo um, you know, a solo number and then sometimes an acapella tune. And so, you know, that's what we try to do with our live shows too, is just keep you a variety of going. One of the things I hate about some bluegrass is one of those things where if you're not careful, all the songs start sounding the same, you know what I mean? And so yes, you've got to be conscientious of that. Like I, as much as I love bluegrass, there are bands that get on stage and they kick off in one key and they stay there the whole set, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I like ice cream, but after the third gallon, hell, I can't <laughs> eat any more ice cream. You know what I mean? And so it's like, that you need, you don't want to burn the listener out. And, and that's, and so, you know, that that's what we do with material too. You know, we try to change it up and, and keep it fresh and new, you know? Well, and, and like, like you're saying, it's uh bluegrass is a great genre of music. I've, I've listened to it since I was a little kid and being able to uh, hear things change and, and watch the business morph yeah. into what it's changed into. Um, I mean, there's not many groups like you guys that have, that have totally taken what you were doing and just turned it on its ear sometimes. And I'm thinking, wow, that's, I never saw that coming. You know, I mean, yeah. it's like, uh, you have that, you guys have that ability. And when you do have that many lead singers, you can just wear it out, man. I mean, you know, I don't know if it's, by by some kind of um, you know brilliant designer, the fact that we all have eight can't really focus on on anything uh, for long. But there's medicine for know, that, man. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those things where we, we've done gospel records, we've done records with the orchestra, we've done um, you know we that's the, the, the you got to keep pushing the envelope. And mm-hmm. bluegrass is, mm-hmm. is one of those things. One of the things that's that's kind of held the music back over the years is that narrow-minded thinking of, especially the really hardcore traditionalists. Because the reality is, 
Bill Monroe was doing something new and cutting edge when bluegrass was invented. And yep. so these, yeah. these people get caught up in the spirit of, of keeping it traditional, but really the most traditional thing you can do is be original and push the envelope. They don't get that. You know what I mean? And so a lot of these bands are dressing like the 1950s and they play the same tired stuff. And that's why the, that's why there aren't any new fans coming into bluegrass. And that's why, um, where there haven't, there wasn't for years, but now people are coming along bands like mountain heart or bands like, uh, infamous string dusters, or even the bands that I don't really consider bluegrass that are on the edge of it. They bring people to bluegrass eventually. And then they learn to appreciate Bill Monroe and flat and Scruggs and those kind of things. And so for us, um, it's just trying to be original. That's, that's, that's what you want to do is try to have your own sound and do your own songs. You know, a lot of bands get in the thing of, of, of playing these standards and all of a sudden bluegrass is basically, if you're not careful, a whole genre will be made up of 75 or a hundred songs. And the, my problem with that is if something, if, if nothing ever changes, nothing ever changes. And I've heard it said, if, um, you know, if you're always comfortable, you're not growing. So Balsam Range is always, we've always pushed ourselves to get out of our own comfort zone and do things that's going to take bluegrass to a totally different audience. Like us doing the shows with John Hopkins and Zach Brown band. Um, a lot of those people love rock and roll and they were here in bluegrass for the first time. And then they started liking it. And all of a sudden they're listening to Balsam Range and the Steel Drivers and, and different bands. And same way with the orchestra. We've done orchestra shows where, you know, these people in these tuxedos, are, they're not coming to hear the five string banjo, you know, they're, and, and if they have an idea of the banjo, it's something like the Beverly Hillbillies or, um, you know, doing banjos from Deliverance. They think that that's their idea of bluegrass because that's all they they know. And it's not, you know, it's nothing against them. You don't know what you don't know. It's just, and so it's cool to go out there and, and present bluegrass in an appealing way that's for, because I, I think bluegrass when it's presented right is the music for everybody. It's, you know, for people, um, it's for city people, it's for country people, it's for, even Yankees, those Yankees, those Yankees. No, I'm just kidding. Man, let me tell you, but, I couldn't have said it any better. You have, you hit it right on the top of the head there, man. It's uh, the big thing with, with bluegrass is you're right. There is a stalemate uh, in a lot of circles. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've had radio station owners. I'm not going to mention any names or anything like that, but I've had radio station owners say, you know, uh, last week's show was tremendous, except for this dude and this dude. And that didn't sound anything like bluegrass to me. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, you're on a fine line there. You want to sit there and say, well, but you know, guess what? <laughs> Check the charts this week. And, and that's the only yeah. thing that I have to fall back on, uh, having a radio show and, and something like this to, to deal yeah. with in, in, in bluegrass. And, um, you know, you're right, though. It's still out there, dude. It's not just because you live in Tennessee or southwest Virginia or somewhere where it's kind of isolated about things like this. Yeah. I mean, you got the dusters. You got, I mean, Jeremy Garrett, for God's sake, oh, yeah. he, he redid the intro to Net Radio Dogs Roadshow this year. And yeah. I had more than one guy come to me and say, wow that was the best thing you could have ever done. 
Sure. And this was the same people that were saying, that don't sound like bluegrass to me. <laughs> Jer- Jeremy gets it. You know, he's one of those people where does. I-, I look at it like this, like a lot of these musicians get stuck in this old way of thinking like, you know, they love it, but they're, but they're, they're ignorant in a way because it's like, I want the music just like 1950. I want it just like 1946. And I'm thinking, <laughs> well, you're driving a 2016 Toyota. That's right. You know what I mean? With like, XM satellite radio. With XM satellite radio in it. But then you're bitching about how everything's not like the forties. I didn't see you drive up here in a Ford Edsel. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. Like, you know, you're not wearing, uh, you know, you're not, you didn't come up here in a horse and wagon, you know, obviously your, your clothing style has changed. You're driving a new car. So why does your, why does your music have to be trapped in 1940? It does, you know? it, man, but it's, yeah, you know, it, it's, um, I guess habits that people get in and then that's some, yeah, all sure. I can say about it is, um, and I totally agree with everything that you're saying. And that's why I always talk about when I used to work with, closer with, uh, the ETSU people. Uh, with Dan and those guys in Johnson city that when I saw new, new kids coming out of that class, I was like, this is awesome. I want to see more of this. I want to see more of that. Well, that's how it stays alive. If you just cater to the older fans that are 70, 80 years old, what happens when they die? Exactly. The music dies. I hate to say you're correct, sir. I mean, you know, and so, and and we lo- if you really love this music so much then why do you want to keep it to yourself it's almost like they want to keep it to themselves yeah. like we don't want a bunch of young kids coming in here and having fun <laughs> we don't want a bunch of people showing up and having fun and enjoying themselves we want to keep this traditional you know <laughs> and they, they, we don't want to buy any records or anything or yeah downloads yeah, yeah, yeah. or i don't know about it's them downloads like- that download stuff don't it seems kind of weird to me you know i've heard people say that and i'm mm-hmm. like Crying out loud, if you don't want to go buy a CD, you know, let your grandchildren show you how to download some music. And yeah. you'd be more than happy to do it because you don't have to go anywhere. You can just sit at the house and get all kinds of music. Well, these people who who are, they, you know, they think they're so, um, they almost like act like children not sharing their toys. I, I it's know. like they don't want to share this music. And, and bluegrass, man, Earl Scruggs, you know, when he started doing the, the, when they did the circle albums and he started playing with his kids, he knew like Flatten Scruggs was a time period and it worked. Yeah. And then after that, you move on. And it's like any other thing I've always heard. If you can get four or five years out of anything, that's a success. <laughs> that's you what my what wife said it. too. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm not getting married again. No, I'm me just either, find man. A, I'm not, I'm not going to find a woman I hate and just buy her a house. That's, <laughs> That's right, and get it over with. <laughs> you can get that no, done in like two weeks. You know? <laughs> hey, uh, I heard the other day, they, they said, uh, do you know why divorce is so expensive? Because it's worth it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Where's your wife at? She ain't home, is she? No, she's downstairs. That's what I, I thought. Hey, uh, do you have a speaker or something on? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I didn't no, know. Are you getting some kind of latency? I'm just hearing yeah. you like twice. Oh. I didn't know maybe if you had a. Is that still happening? Could be me. I could be just losing my mind. It's possible. Uh, <laughs> if it's recording like that. We, no, we it's all right. Actually, it's it's okay. It's not bad, bad, you know, but I'm just, I'm kind of a stickler for stuff like that. But hey, yeah, well, the good thing about a podcast is you don't have to worry about stuff like that. The the good thing about podcasts is they are what they are. 
you know? I mean, you might hear me take a swig of coffee here in a minute, you know? Sure, as long as, as, long as people aren't hearing me twice. That no, we're good. good. We're good. Okay. As long as it's just you that I'm aggravating. It's the just of, me. Well, of course. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's yeah, your job, I think. These so. other people can look at me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm really impressed. I've always been real impressed with you guys and what you do. And, and well, thank uh, you. You know, I think a lot of people are, though, in this business. Um, you guys, uh, you guys have, uh, a lot of talent. You have, like you said, the songwriting ability is there. Um, and, uh, so you should be real happy with what's, what's, what's going on with you, man. I well, mean, thank you. yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I don't have to tell you this, just a, you know, Yankee chain. Cause I mean, I've known you for a little while and you, you, you're all right. I mean, these guys are just, you, you got a loaded deal though, Darren. I mean, it's. You got to stand back and look at it and look at what you have to deal with every day. And, and dude, you're set in that situation. Well, I, I tell you what, you know, we, I, I don't think we, none of us have ever actually thought about it like that. You know, I mean, we are lucky. We do have a band full of singers. We live together from a business standpoint. We mm -hmm. all get to travel together from Western North Carolina, same little County. We're all, we all live about 15 minutes apart and most bands, you know, they'll drive hours just to rehearse, to f see each other. That's you know? right. And so we've always been lucky. We've had the local support of the community. And so Balsam Range, you know, we started doing it for fun to make a little extra money and play around home. And, it, you know, it kind of it kind of grew from that, you know, probably a lot more than we ever anticipated or intended. Because, you know, we're just uh, buddies that got together and picking and having fun. And I think when you start something like that, uh, when it, when something's organic, I think people, you know, they they see that you like each other. They see you having fun on stage, and you can also tell sometimes when bands are forced, you know, when everybody's like, you know, when it's fake and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to put together the right thing because there's so many all star bands that pop up here and there. Oh yeah, you okay. know, and and you, you can tell that you know they're trying to get some radio spins and they're they're doing a few live shows, but the chemistry just didn't marry. And, and then some bands, you know, um, like, like hot rise, for instance, um, they just had a very special chemistry and they did. And there's, there's not really a formula for it. And I, I, that's the thing. A lot of people have tried to figure out a formula for having a band. And I think it either kind of happens or it doesn't. That's and it's it. not, you know, I, I mean, we're just, we're just extremely lucky um, that the people, you know, like our music and hope or hope they do, you know, and, and we've been able, this is 14 years, uh, Dang. January is 14 years. We started getting together in January, February of 2007 here at my house. And our first official show as Balsam Range was in March of 2007. So it's been 14 years, which is same five guys, which is unheard of. That rocks, dude. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. now you're talking about longevity in this business. You know, yeah. like you said, there may not be a particular formula that you can go by, but if people would just stand back a minute here and look at how and see how you guys did this, you know, you know, things may be different for other bands, you know. Yeah, and and you having the right goals and having the right attitude is the thing, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, no, realize these guys were all older <laughs> in the business, you know, or you know, like um, veterans, really, you know. Uh, even though none of us individually were a household name, you know, we'd all been around the business a long time. And so when you can kind of check the, we're not going to be famous and we're not going to make a lot of money, 
You know, we're going to have fun. And Come on, I think dude. When you, you know what I mean? Like, no, but you, you got to get money for doing this. I mean, yeah, I know. mean, well, yeah, well, you're, but you're not, you're not going to get like rock star, country star money. You know what I mean? You yeah. can make a decent living, but when you go into it and you don't have stars in your eyes where it's like, Hey, let's have, let's, let's make a little money and have some fun. Mm-hmm. And, and then it takes a lot of pressure off, you know, and I think a lot of people, you 